welcome to Shore Solutions, the podcast. I'm your host, Mara Shore. I'm a partner in the medical practice management company, Yes, Shore Solutions. Who's the other partner, you may ask? Easy answer. That would be my father, our founding partner, Jay Shore. Together, we now have an amazing team and clients across the country. Listen as I chat, converse, strategize, and commiserate with brilliant guests, colleagues, friends, clients, and influencers. It's time to listen, learn, and be inspired. Welcome to Shore Solutions, the podcast. And welcome to another episode of Shore Solutions, the podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different because this episode is just going to be me talking to you and having some open, honest, candid conversations. One of the questions that we are getting a lot right now here at Shore Solutions, as far as our consulting company, is Am I crazy for wanting to hire more team members right now? And the answer is no. We're finding that so many of you are struggling with your team and you have been for a while. Maybe you let go the team members that frankly weren't working for you during COVID and use that as an excuse perhaps to clean house. Maybe you were forced to clean house. Maybe you've had team members that have jumped ship either because their heart just wasn't in the practice or because they had other responsibilities at home. But whatever the reason is, we want to talk today about how to find the next best rock star to work inside your practice. So the first thing we want to talk about is who the heck should you be hiring? Now, the reason that I bring this up is that I find so often people don't really know what position they want to hire inside their practice. So you want to really think about which position is going to solve your problem. If you are behind on accounts receivable, then somebody at the front desk is not going to solve your problem. If you are looking for somebody to assist in cool sculpting, then having a patient care coordinator may or may not be doing the trick for you. I know that some of this sounds really basic and really obvious, but you would be surprised. You want to think about a couple different things when you're looking at which team member should be coming into your practice. So number one, you want to look at office hours. Are you limited on the hours that you're able to be open right now because you have a limited number of providers and you're looking for a provider that's going to fill the gap? Are you a solo provider and you're looking to add on because quite frankly, your time is just not spent doing an additional treatment. Maybe you're an injector and your time is just not spent doing cool sculpting or you're a surgeon and injectables just aren't your jam. They're not your favorite thing. You want to be in the operating room cutting and I completely understand that. Maybe your specialty is very, very limited right now. And so the comfort level of what it is you're able to provide is just not able to expand your practice. Or maybe you have operational issues that as a provider, those operational issues are bogging you down. So you're behind on things like billing and you really aren't passionate about marketing. You don't feel comfortable talking to your patients about price. And quite honestly, you really wish you had a patient care coordinator. So I want you to think about all of those different components When you look at which position you should be hiring, are you looking to bring in a surgeon or another physician? Are you looking for an exit strategy? 
are you looking for a business partner? Are you looking for another injector, an esthetician, an MA? We could go on and on with all of the different providers and all of the different levels of team members. The first thing you want to do is get crystal clear about creating that job description because without a job description, you really won't know who you're looking for. Once you've crafted that job description and it really, really states what it is you're looking for, how much experience that person should have. So in other words, somebody right out of school and right out of their education is not going to have a following like somebody that is three or five years down the line. So think about what level of education and what level of training, how much industry experience are you looking for? I have found that if you're looking for a non-clinical position, and you're looking for somebody that's patient facing on the admin side, the hospitality sector, quite honestly, is a really great place to pull from because they are so used to customer service being at the forefront. So I want you to consider looking at hospitality. Now, I'm here in Orlando, so I'm here in Central Florida, and unfortunately, there is a significant amount of rounds of layoffs that have happened in the hospitality industry because of COVID-19. Now, for being honest, there is a more amazing job pool of candidates out there than ever before. Really, really strong candidates are out there in all industries because of businesses that have had to fold or furlough due to COVID-19. If you would have asked me back in January, all of our clients who are practices just like you, all of our clients were struggling. Guys, they were struggling to find strong candidates because the good ones were already taken. So you want to keep in mind that now there is this really great job pool of candidates to snatch up. I'm going to talk for a second about when you go through the resume, some red flags of things you want to look for. Now, when we go through resumes and we help practices hire all the time. I can't keep track of how many interviews we've had for our clients this past week alone because everybody is on a hiring spree right now. They want to make sure that they are properly staffed when team members have to call out because of family situations, because of COVID-related situations. So they want to make sure that they're properly staffed. And so what we're seeing again and again is this influx. Now, when we really sit down and review resumes, there's a couple resume red flags that I really encourage you to look at. Number one, how long was somebody at their previous, I would say three, four positions? So if you're seeing that somebody was only in their position for six months at a time, 11 months at a time, 13 months at a time, six months at a time. Now I'm not counting COVID layoffs. And I know I talk about COVID a lot, but it's just a state of what's happening right now in our world. So I'm not counting COVID layoffs, but if you've seen this history over the past several years, you're going to be the next short little blurb on their resume. And that's not what you want. So keep that in mind. You want to take a look at typos because if they're an esthetician and they can't spell esthetician, it's going to mean that there are going to be errors in other things that you have going on in the practice, whether that is errors in charts, errors in notes, errors in patient files, errors in marketing. So we want to make sure that we're really keeping that in mind. 
if you're looking for a specific language for them to speak, i.e. you have a heavy Spanish-speaking population, make sure you put that in the job description of what you're looking for and look specifically in their resume. Are they Spanish-speaking? And feel free to ask them if it may or may not be clear. Don't always assume, I know this sounds obvious, but don't assume that they are or are not Spanish-speaking. We want to keep in mind that you want to look for other additional errors in their resume. So in other words, are they just doing a copy and paste? Are they saying that they're doing things in a practice that you might know the practice that they worked for? And quite honestly, you know that that wasn't even a service that they offered because we've seen this again and again. So once you've scanned through their resumes, I always like to set up an initial phone interview and have them call you. Okay, have them call you because if they can't take the time to schedule an interview and call you on the phone number that they're supposed to at the time that they're supposed to, that's going to screen them out as a viable candidate right off the bat. So I use that as a screening technique, quite honestly, and doing that phone interview instead of an in-person interview right off the bat is going to help you with your screening. It's going to keep you from having to waste precious time. I like to then follow up with an actual in-person or video interview. So here at Shore Solutions, when we do the hiring and we assist with the hiring for our clients, we always have a phone interview and then we always have a video interview. Part of the reason we do a video interview is that quite honestly, our team is located here in Florida and our clients are all over the country. So we Really love that video interview as a way to look them in the eye because these are things you're not going to be able to tell just on a phone interview. So do they look at the camera or quite honestly, as close to the camera as they can get? Because we know sometimes the vision might be just a little bit off the, the, the field of vision. So do they look at the camera? Are they fumbling around with papers? We've had people that quite honestly, we had that there may have been two people on the interview. And in other words, it was myself and Jay Shore. We had one person that cried four separate times during an interview. We had another person that you could tell they were reading off of papers the entire time. Your candidate shouldn't be reading anything during an interview. They should know their stuff. There's really nothing for them to be reading during an interview. Do they know well enough to send you that resume ahead of time? So you also have that, that electronic copy where even though they should have it and you should have it, it's just one of those nice to haves. So we want to make sure that a lot of these things line up. And this is when you're going to ask them some of the very job specific questions. Now, during an interview, we always ask, what are your salary requirements? because I don't want this to be a discrepancy later on where they believe that the job was going to pay much higher. And frankly, the practice is not prepared. One of the things that you are not actually able to ask, and I want you to keep this in mind, one of the things you're not able to ask is, what are you currently making at your current position? It's not actually legal to ask that. Other questions you're not able to ask are, do you have children? You can ask, are there any time commitments that we need to be aware of? And are there any specific schedules that you need to work around? So you are able to ask that, but you aren't able to ask if they're married, 
if they have children, and you're actually technically not able to ask where they live. So what you can ask is, do you have reliable transportation? Now, what reliable transportation looks like in New York City is going to be different than LA or Miami. So we want to ask, do they have reliable transportation? And how far do you live from the practice? So you can ask where they live, but you can say, how far do you live? Or what does your commute time look like from the practice? The reason that I like to ask this, quite honestly, is that somebody that has an hour-long commute, it's going to end up being the majority of the time too much for them. So versus if somebody has a five-minute commute, that commute is far less likely to get old. You also want to ask them, what benefits are you looking for in this position? Now, you want to find out about health benefits, dental, vision. Are they needing a 401k? Are there specific paid time off amounts as far as the amount of days or requests that they're going to need? Can they not work past sundown on a Friday? And if you live in uh, up north, right? So if you live maybe in upstate New York, it's going to be dark by maybe 4.30. And so sundown there is going to be different. So little things you want to keep in mind and really ask about these things ahead of time because what you don't want is that you are really settled on a candidate and you have your heart set on that candidate and then you find this out. I always like to tell candidates and we always tell candidates that it's not up to us to tell you what you are or aren't worth as a human being, but I do know what the practice's budget is and what the practice can and cannot afford. And so somebody that has certain mandates as far as salary, benefits, et cetera, this is the time that you want to use this as a screening process where they're able to screen you out and you're able to screen them out. Ask them how they would handle drama and ask what do your previous employers and colleagues have to say about you? What do your previous patients have to say about you? Ask them why they're looking to join your particular business. So not just because they want to get back into your specialty, but why your particular practice. Now, I would also look into sometimes a quick Google search is going to do wonders. So I encourage you not only just to do a quick Google search, but to check out a background check. Now, a background check is going to let you know a couple different things. So make sure, again, we're talking about a criminal background check. Am I as concerned with the one DUI that they got 25 years ago? No. Am I concerned that they have several outstanding lawsuits with other practices? Quite possibly. So you want to just know what you're getting into. You also, if they are a provider, you also want to make sure you know, are they currently in good standing with their boards? So are they currently in good standing with their specialty? What are they going to need as far as their insurance? Who are they planning on having cover their insurance? And you want to look into what does their reputation look like online? Do they have a number of different patient complaints, for instance, from their previous practice that says this person is rude or this person has a series of complaints about their skill set. So we want to make sure that we're looking at all of these things. You also want to make sure you ask them, when are they looking to start? So they may not be looking to start until, if they're a provider level, after they receive a certification or after their residency or after a fellowship, et cetera, they may simply need to give two weeks notice. We 
always are okay when somebody has to give two weeks notice because quite frankly, we would want them to give your practice the very same courtesy. So make sure that you ask, when are they looking to start? Now, there are a number of folks out there who are currently unemployed, unfortunately. So they may be able to start tomorrow. Whatever that looks like, you want to make sure that these are the questions that you're asking. So finally, I'm going to go through just a couple different ways what people ask us all the time, how can they find a really strong candidate? There are a couple different ways, and it's not necessarily that one is better than the rest. We personally love Indeed.com. There's a couple different ways to use Indeed.com. You can either search for candidates or candidates can search for you. I really encourage you to explore both options. They are doing more with pay to play, quite honestly, so you will have to have a little bit of a budget. Check with your colleagues if they know of somebody in your area that is looking. That could be colleagues at other practices that you may have great relationships for. Check with your vendor reps as well. You'd be surprised how many people tell their vendor reps that they're open to a new possibility or they reach out to their vendor reps when the current practice that they're at maybe has closed or that they currently were laid off. So I would also... As conferences start to occur in person again, and I know that right now this is maybe not the ideal time to utilize this option, but if you're looking as you are at conferences, as you're at industry events, check with your colleagues while you are there together in person. And finally, if your practice is openly searching for a new position, now not if you're looking to replace somebody that is currently still employed with your practice, but if you are openly searching Post this on your social media, post something in an e-newsletter and ask patients to forward it to friends if they happen to know of somebody. You, any of your social media channels are also really great ways to check and see who is it that is looking in your particular industry, especially if you're not necessarily looking for a provider level. It could be that you're looking for somebody at the front desk you know that we love to call that position the director of first impressions. So you really want to make sure that you leave no stone unturned and don't think that just because you tried one avenue that you've checked the box and now you're officially hunting. Ask your current team if they know of anybody that would be a great fit with your practice because they might know somebody that they would love to bring into the practice that could be looking, especially if you already have a really great team and you trust their judgment. Finally, once you find that perfect, perfect rock star, make sure you onboard them correctly. I see this so often that once the onboarding starts and once they're actually in the practice, everything falls to the cracks and by noon, you've left them to go out on their own. Make sure you have a strong onboarding checklist. We do this with all of our clients. We make sure that we know Who's creating their email address? Have we set them up on payroll? Who's taking them on a tour around the practice? How long are they going to shadow somebody at the front desk? I think every single new hire should spend at least a half a day shadowing someone at the front desk. Who's going to make sure that they are able to download all the software onto their computer and gives them a password list. Think about all the components that you want to include in your onboarding checklist. And I encourage you to have an actual checklist that you are able to go through to make sure that no stone is unturned. All of these tips are quite honestly going to help you to hire your next rock star. 
So if for whatever reason, and there are so many reasons that this is just overwhelming to you, this is just, it's too much to think about. And quite honestly, you've had bad experiences with bad hires in the past. Let us know. Let me know. Always feel free to reach out. You can always reach me at info at shoresolutions.com. That's info at shoresolutions.com. Or you can go ahead, contact us online on social. So we're at Shore Solutions and we're here to help. We help clients with this all the time and we can walk you through this process if it's just too overwhelming. But if you're planning on tackling this on your own, then I hope this gave you all the tools to go ahead and get a great start on finding your next favorite team member. So that wraps up today's episode of Shore Solutions, the podcast. We hope that you've gotten as much out of this episode as we have. And if you have, I'd like for you to like it, rate us, and share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and the rest of your team. Remember to follow us on social media at Shore Solutions and send me a message directly. I love hearing from you. Plus, sign up for our e-newsletter to be the first to find out about our latest tips on running your practice more efficiently, dealing with the issues like drama and money in your practice, and see our latest videos and blog posts before anybody else. Now's the time to join at shoresolutions.com and click on the e-newsletter button in the top right-hand corner. We'll see you next time. And remember, subscribe and leave us a review.